0: <laughs> yes. We're here. Another day of live broadcasting. I'm going straight into your brains right now. You're hearing me, and the sound of my voice is just hitting you full stereo. Yes. And we're all mutually enjoying the whole experience. Yes. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Uh, we have a great program. So, Look, this is what we're going to talk about. We are first going to declare that the city of Madison declaring a public health crisis over racism is utter lunacy. I'm going to explain to you what they say is happening, why they say it's important for us to have this conversation. I'm going to have the real conversation that they're not having. And um, yeah, everyone's going to be informed. And then uh, have you ever considered when you retire, not retiring on dry ground, Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought that perhaps you should live on a cruise ship full time? Yeah, that's what some retirees are doing. And before you say, well, that sounds crazy pants, because guess what? Um, That can't possibly be affordable for the individuals who are doing it and they're looking at either going into assisted living or going onto a cruise ship full time year round. Um, the cruise ships are making it worth their while to consider their option. So we'll, we'll go into some details on that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. It was so cool. Um, You know, personal note here. I was actually talking to my mom a little bit earlier. Um, We were talking about some other stuff. And I told her about this story, which I'm going to share with you guys. I was telling it to her and I was like, mom, you got to hear about this lady. And she was like, What? And I could hear the wheels turning like as we were talking, she got really quiet. I was like, yeah, she sold her. Well, I'm not going to tell you all the story just yet. We're going to get to this other thing. We're going to get to this other thing first, and then we'll go into the cruise story, uh, cruise lady story. Um, And then, of course, I have a good news story. Today's Wednesday. So good news hump day. I don't know what we're going to call it, but here's some good news coming your way. The transgender activist Jessica Yaniv, the one who did the Brazilian wax lawsuit because she wanted women to wax her privates which are still male privates but she's living as a woman, yeah, it was pretty gross. Y'all, she lost the lawsuit. I'll tell y'all all the details about that as well. Um, so oh, and full disclosure, I've never been on a cruise. And it's not because I haven't been offered, or my parents haven't said, "Come on, join us on this cruise." They have been begging us to go on a cruise, and me and my husband are like, "We're not cruisers. We prefer to stay on dry land and go into the water of our own choice and not be on a boat in it." Um, and not like we've never been on a boat before, but we've never been on a cruise, a cruise ship. So um, this story really makes me wonder if we're we shouldn't do it. I just it feels like it's kind of ridiculous because you have thousands of people on this boat. And so for me, that kind of crowding is just, it's too much for me. People don't even know how to behave when there's just a few of them. Get thousands of people together, me no lucky. But uh, it remains to be seen whether or not I'll actually go and do this. So first, let us begin by discussing the city of Madison, Madison, Wisconsin. And they have signed on to a statewide resolution. So the entire state is involved in this lunacy. Idiots all. I'm sorry y'all, I'm sorry. Uh declaring racism as a public health crisis. Now as someone who is permanently tan, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now that I'm not having it. This is utter ridiculousness. It's not right to make black people think that we can't get the same things here in America that everybody else can get. And and mind you, the treatment is not the same. Can we just be real here for a second? Black people are not always treated the same as white people. It's just true. But does it mean that you can't have a beautiful, vibrant, blessed life here in America? No, it doesn't. I dare say white people would say, White people aren't always treated the same as black people. I mean, if you look at the treatment of President Trump and President Obama, that's a glaring example of how one person can get mistreated because of the color of their skin and their political ideology, where the other one was uplifted. Barack Obama was treated like a prince, a king, because he was black and a Democrat and the first president of the United States who happened to be black. But President Trump is the first non political figure we've had in the modern era to be the president of the United States. And He's getting treated like dirt. So his family might say, well, look at the way my dad is getting treated. Look at the way my husband's getting treated from Melania's perspective. Look at the way he's getting treated in comparison to President Obama. So I think any group can say, we're not getting treated the same. I I dare say there are a lot of immigrants who are lawful immigrants who say they're not being treated the same as other Americans because immigrants right now are under a lot of pressure. There's a lot of kind of bad blood there with, you know, it's, it's just... The lay of the land, illegal immigration is a huge topic publicly. It is hugely unpopular. And so a lot of people feel they have to justify if they have an accent of any kind. People want to know where they're from. And if they say, well, I'm an American, they want to know, well, when did you become an American? You know, it's, it's it's the tension that's going on. So when I say black people aren't treated the same, I'm not saying that because I think it's due to racism. I think it's because we do have a ways to go in learning how to treat each other. So it's not about race necessarily. It could be about race in some instances. But the fact is, I don't think anybody gets treated the same as, you can always find someone who's getting treated better than you. I'll put it that way. So I don't want to condemn people, but I also don't want to let people off the hook. We are all responsible for treating each other better. And if you feel smacked by anything that I've said, don't take it as me smacking you. That's just maybe something maybe you need to deal with. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be towards black people. It could be towards the way you're treating maybe your neighbor or somebody that you encounter at the grocery store on a regular basis who has a nasty attitude. And every time you see them, you just can't stand it. I got I got that going on with somebody uh, at a business that I have to go to on a regular basis. And every time I go in there, she hassles me. And I don't know if she's hassling me because she realizes that I'm Stacy on the right because I use my business address in there. So I don't know if that's it. Um, I don't know. She's hassling me because we just have bad chemistry or maybe because every time I come in there, I bring our daughter in there with me and me and her are talking like we're teenagers and maybe she thinks I'm annoying. It could be anything, but the lady hassles me every time I come in to do my business and I just don't like seeing her and I thought to myself yesterday, here I go again going up in here to see her and it was kind of tense. She was trying to be super nice, but it was superficial and I wasn't receiving it. And so again, how are we treating people? How am I treating her? How is she treating me? Right? I'm not even gonna pretend like I'm the innocent one here because when I've been mistreated by somebody, I tend to get an attitude and I don't have a poker face. So there you go. Looks like I have some work to do as well. I need to get off into my um the songs of Jesus, the study of the book of Psalms by Timothy Keller and Kathy Keller, best selling authors who have studied. They're theologists, they're all this good stuff. Yeah, I need to get up in here, spend some more time. Not enough time has been spent, obviously, because I'm still having an attitude problem. I can feel it rearing up in me right now. Every time I think about going to this business, because I have to go there almost every week, Every time I think about going there, I get my, my dander gets up. I'm like, oh, she, I wonder, is she there? Now, the guy who works there, there's a bunch of people who work there, but only two stand out, the worst employee and the best. The best employee, he seems like I never, I hardly ever catch him, but he always has a smile on his face. He's always nice. He remembers everybody. And if he can help you, he'll, he will do whatever he can to help you. He, will, he would even help you out of your car if he could do that from his, from his spot. He's so helpful. I love it when I go in there and he helps me. See how that is? Anyway, back to the story. Madison, Wisconsin. So the move, them, them signing on to the statewide resolution actually brings no additional programming or funding. But community leaders who run programs for youth of color and people of color in Madison say this is a good step for the city to take. So the president and founder of the Nehemiah Center for Urban Leadership and Development is named Alexander Gee Jr. And his quote is, I'm glad that someone is recognizing it as a health issue because then maybe now we will take greater measures in addressing the issues. (laughs) Gee said this is important, not just for systemic issues and policy, but for the effects of the culture the predominantly white city can have as well. It has now been proven that the stress caused by the pressures of racism is a leading indicator of health disparities for African-Americans. We now know that because of stress, we African-Americans are contracting diseases faster than our white counterparts and then dying sooner. So if you are sensitive or easily triggered, now would be the time for you to grab onto your security drink. Today, my security drink is water. And you see, I've been working on this glass for a few minutes because it's almost gone. And then I have a secondary security drink of coffee from this award-winning, it's a Cortado that I ordered today. Um, And he doesn't even have his logo on the little thing, but it's this bakery that's here locally in town. It's this young guy. He started a bakery. He's an award-winning baker and he does amazing, the place is always packed out. And I was just, I just happened to be near there today and I swung in and got a cup of coffee and I'm so grateful that I did. Man, that's some good coffee, that man, That, that place is just on point. So let me warn you one more time to gird your loins here goes black people in America need to stop blaming racism for our problems and need to start doing things that actually work in other words if you work at a business and the white guy is the most popular person there it's not because of racism it's because he has a great attitude if the White person has the worst attitude, he will be the worst employee, and nobody would want to deal with him. If every time someone comes in the business, you have your head cocked over to the side, oh, hello, you again, that's not the way you greet somebody who comes to your business. I don't care if you're white or black or purple spotted alligator print, you need to have a better attitude. And if when you get a better attitude, then you will be the favorite employee, and no one will give you stress that makes you sick, that makes you have to blame racism. You see how that works? Oh, I'm not done. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. If you are black and you don't smell like everybody else smells, look like everybody else looks, I mean, your uniform, your attitude, if your face always has a problem on it, if you've got a chip on your shoulder the size of a, 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 I don't know, an Amazon package, you are the problem. Not racism, not society, not white culture. If anything, what you need to do is go sit on a park bench in a white neighborhood and watch some of the stuff the white people do. Picking up trash that blows in front of their house, mowing their grass, keeping their home clean and in serviceable order all the way around. Paying the bills on time, being annoyingly early to everything that they go to and finishing their educations. And so here's how you know that I'm telling you the truth. Black people who exhibit those same behaviors do well in life and run around smiling and being early to everything too. How do I know? Because I know tons of these black people. They are doctors, lawyers. Some of them, they dropped out of college. They started off somewhere and now they are at the top of their game. They don't have a college degree, but they're at the top of their game because they have those intrinsic basic goods. That's what I call them. Intrinsic basic goods. That's where you have done a good thing over and over and over again until it is a habit for you. And then that habit begins to reap the fruit that comes from good habits. Good habits over time bring opportunity and blessings. So that means if you are diligent at work and you are showing your best foot and you have a bright, sunny personality, it's not acting white. It's having a good attitude. White people are not the only ones who can have a good attitude. Haven't you noticed? I've met plenty of Hispanic and Asian people who have amazingly bright, sunny dispositions, and they're always the best ones at their job. The ones you, when you pick up the phone, you think, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask for Lucy because Lucy knows her stuff." And when I, you get on the phone, "Hey, um, can I help you?" "Yes, actually, I'd like to speak to Lucy." "Oh, well, I can help you. Ah, is it okay if I talk to Lucy about this?" "I would, I just wanna. I'm, I'm used to her. I know her." You get Lucy on the phone. "Oh, yes." Yes, Stacy. how can I help you? Um, here's my issue. You explain it. Lucy takes care of it. And so you know in your mind I made the right choice. Next time I call, if I have a problem, I'm going to go ahead and ask for Lucy again. Lucy takes care of my problems. That's the attitude that you have to have. So here's the other thing that's going to trigger a whole bunch of folks if you don't, if you're not used to the truth telling, if you just got here, welcome. God bless. Here comes some more truth. This resolution will do nothing. The issues that this man keeps repetitively referring to are going to continue to flourish until somebody sits people down and says, pull your pants up. The pants you've purchased have a rise in the front and the back that are too long for the shape of your body. And so even if you pull them all the way up and you put a belt around those pants, they're going to hang down so low in the front, they're going to make you look misshapen. And they're going to make people think that you're a part of a culture that you're not a part of. The other thing is when you're talking to your friends, you can use that kind of language, that kind of vernacular. You can talk like that. But when you're in the business place, you need to enunciate. You need to make sure you're speaking clearly. You need to lift your voice up and your chin, look people in the eye, and make sure that they can understand what you say the first time. You speak clearly so you don't have to repeat yourself. And when someone asks you to do something and you're on the job, you don't just say, Sure, I'll take care of it. You say, Oh, yes, absolutely. Can I help? And what else can I do for you? I know where that is, or I don't know where that is. I'm new here but I will ask him and he will tell me where it is and we will walk over there together so you can get what you need. I want to make sure you get what you need so you can get in and out because we're here to help you. That's why you're in this room. You want to buy something we want to sell to you. You get that attitude and racism won't be your problem. Let it be somebody else's problem. Okay, we'll be back in a minute. Spacey on the right. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Guess what? Um, so we're still doing LifeZet TV, and our official launch is this week. And so you'll have to watch social media to see um, the official launch, and all of the episodes will be up over at LifeZet TV. So it's LifeZet.com slash TV. And I don't know if the website will be updated to an easier address than that. Um, I'm, I'm awaiting with bated breath more details. But this is going to be so exciting because um, on Zet, when you watch those episodes at LifeZet TV, you'll be able to see the Skype interviews I'm able to do with people. And I haven't done a ton of those yet. But you guys know one of my favorite things to do is interview guests. And I haven't been able to do that with the current studio setup that I have here at home. And I cannot spend any more money on studio equipment here for the house. I just can't. I don't have advertisers. And the support that I'm receiving from all of you is amazing. But it's what's keeping the podcast on the air. It's and I Equipment is just so expensive. And so rather than spend a few thousand more dollars so that I can have additional machines to do Skype and all that stuff, um, it's better to do it over at TV since that opportunity has presented itself, which is to me a blessing from God. It answers prayer about being able to interview guests and provide extra content and to have a platform that's larger than my current platform from which to launch more things that are really, really great. Um, So I'm excited about that when the launch goes on. And then I just wanted to say if you guys are um, challenge coin holders and the challenge coins are apparently you hand these coins to people when they say, you know, someone says I'm in the Air Force and you say I'm in the Army and you hand them a challenge coin and they hand you yours. You basically put on the table if you don't have your your challenge coin with you, which is proof that you're in that service because you're not in your uniform, then one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, I only have six. Um, I have six challenge coins. I have two FBI ones. One, Arlington Hall Police Chief One. One from the time that I was in the Air Force Maintenance Data Systems Analysis, Expert Analytical Support, User, Remus, and Cams. (laughs) Those were our systems. Problem Solving for today. Um, Ensuring the Future of Tomorrow. That's the biggest coin that I have, oddly enough. And this one is from the Air Force when I was in the Air Force. Um, And then I have one that is a U.S. Air Force 50 50 years of service, 1948 to 1998. And then a 728th ACS Air Combat Squad Poise for Peace coin. So pretty cool that I have these. And you're going to see why I'm talking about these. If you tune in at Life Set once once we launch, you'll see. Why is she talking about challenge coins? What's that? You'll see. So just... Hold on to that. Put a pin in that. Um, so I mentioned that I wanted to talk about, well, first of all, I added this to the show. So you can read this article about CNN being upset over Mexican cooperation with Trump on Border Patrol. You can actually read that one. Um, and the Christians being dragged from the churches. You can read it. My encouragement to you on that is you heard me talk about it on the show. So you might think to yourself, well, why do I need to read it? Well, I'm actually looking for you to maybe just... Share it on social media. That's what I'm actually looking for you to do. And the reason why I would say that is because a ton of us out there don't even realize that's what's going on. We don't even realize that that is happening in uh, countries around the world. Um, It puts things in stark perspective for us here. So I want to head over to the chat room really quickly. Um, So Bjorn, Chi, Smoke, three Stacys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Tracy, hey guys, hey over there. Um, and uh, she said he was just studying first Peter four last night at Bible study. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so Christian persecution, it's a thing, yeah. um God bless those who are really just they're struggling and they're trying to get just trying to live um and worship God as they as they please, and they're being persecuted. So anyway. Um, oh, okay. I don't think the, yeah, I, I was just checking on the other streams. Okay. YouTube is up. Hey, everybody over at YouTube, Doug Poss, Black Conservative OG, Richard Layton, um, Mar- Marlon Lee. Thank you so much, guys, for being in the chat room. All right. So back to um what we're discussing here. So I want to kind of delve into this story not for a prurient nature please don't think I'm like you know this because the story is really gross but the reason why this is um important for us to discuss is because it's a double standard so so bear with me here Democratic Congresswoman Katie Hill had a three-way relationship with her husband and a female employee now in the era of you know anything goes LGBT women's rights men have no rights whatever 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 um it's fine. Like nobody's going to complain about that. But guess what? She actually cheated on her staffer and her husband with her campaign finance director named Graham Kelly. He's now her legislative director. So the dude, another dude, Kenny Haslep shared the uh so ooh, so he shared a picture of her combing the lady's hair and looks like they're in her congressional office. And one of them is unclothed. Oh, Kenny is her husband. Um, he says she's, is she a lesbian? If so, why has she been sleeping with her male finance director for the past year? At least I couldn't dispute this if she was still holding to being bisexual, but by being with me, her husband, for 15 years and then leaving me for another man, not a woman, whom she is still seeing, that's not being a lesbian. Bisexual, yes, as I will back up her claims to this, but not a lesbian alone. So he's adding her. He's her estranged husband. His name's Kenny Heslip. Um, so the woman that the two of them were having a relationship with was one of her workers, one of her staffers. So Twitter, here's where the hypocrisy comes in. Twitter decides to ban the photo, citing ever-changing community standards. Remember, Twitter allows porn stars to post their videos, videos of their quote-unquote work. They say they can't not allow them to post because that would be demonizing someone who works in an industry that has previously been maligned and blah, blah, blah. Yet here we are on Taco Tuesday. They, they've banned this picture because she's a Democrat and they don't want her husband making her look bad. And the media, they don't have anything to say about it. They don't care. So, anyway, I, I think it's garbage. It's total utter garbage that they're that they're doing that. Um, and the banning is what I'm talking about. And and so if you're thinking, well, wow, you never really get on that. Like I don't talk about it a ton. They've throttled me down. I I feel like God will expand my reach in spite of. Silicon Valley and Google and you know Twitter, whoever is is ma- basically keeping me back. At some point, when God decides to open the floodgates for uh, you know traffic, what have you, people seeing and and my work, then it will happen. I I believe that. So it is frustrating and I hate it what they're doing. I know what they're doing, but. They're doing it to everyone. So the example I would give you here is I was watching a video this morning from a friend of mine who I actually admittedly haven't seen him in years and years and years, but Steven Crowder. Steven Crowder is one of the, he, he has arguably the biggest channel on YouTube and he has been really popular and he, he has like no ceiling. Like he just grows and grows and grows until recently. So what he did was he looked into his metrics on Twitter, his analytics, and he was able to see where the organic views from people who've subscribed continue to increase. But the subscribers do not increase. And the reason the subscribers don't increase is because what what YouTube has done is if you type in Louder with Crowder, you don't get his latest videos. You get videos of people talking about Louder with Crowder. So some dude with 56 views will pop up instead of actual Louder with Crowder. Now, I tell you what, if I was him and I had millions of followers and I was only getting the same people and no new people were being shown my content, I'd be pretty upset about it. And he is. Um, but he's, he's also pointed out that this has been going on since the beginning of this year The CEO or whoever their spokesperson is of YouTube came out and said they would not do this. They would not limit organic search. And then that's exactly what they did to him right after they made the announcement. He can track it with his analytics and he can show where they're doing it. And then he's had everybody who's a guest on the show. So not people who work there who are affiliated with the show, but anyone who's a guest on the show, he'll have them search for him on YouTube and he'll show them, see what's coming up. These are the first 100 to 150 results after you search. None of them are Steven Crowder or one of his actual videos. They're all people talking about videos that he's done. Unbelievable. And then I'd reported to you that someone was in France and couldn't get my videos. Um but or couldn't get my blog. Well, the person who emailed me that emailed back and clarified and said I heard you talking about that on the podcast last night. That's not what I said. I said that when I'm in Belgium, I can type you in on uh, YouTube and I can get you. But when I'm in France, I can't get your YouTube channel to come up. So I guess I'm banned in France. I don't know. You know, I've been to France four times. I feel a little miffed that I've come to their beautiful country and been treated this way. But, (laughs) you know, so why, why is all this happening? Because we're getting closer and closer to 2020, and none of them want to be held responsible for helping conservatives win. That's the way they feel about it. They're like, we can't help them win. So the lying, the hypocrisy, the cheating, the manipulation, it's in full swing. What do we have to fight back against that? We have the living God. We are believers. We are outside of their system. So, yes, we operate within it. I'm live streaming to YouTube right now. It's not like we're we're not participating in the marketplace, but whatever limits they say they've placed on us, do we not remember Joshua in and the field of battle with the mighty men of valor and the people of Israel? And they'd been told to go in and clean out the, pro- the promised land from the unbelievers who had been given 450 years to repent from their baby slaughter and ritual child sacrifice, and they refused to do it. And so... God came to Joshua and said to him, I've already given the enemy into your hand. The battle is yours. It's already won. Go into the valley and destroy the enemy and everything that they possess, everything they own. Burn all of it to the ground. Kill everyone there. The battle is yours. Go. He was in the valley and the Israelites were slaying everybody in sight and He looked up and saw the moon high in the sky and the sun was at noonday. And he looked down to the battlefield and realized they wouldn't be done by the time it got dark. And these are the biblical times. So no night lights, no hummers to come down and turn on the headlights. You know, no, no, no drones, nothing. They got nothing that they can put light up at night except the moon. And so Joshua said, moon, stay where you are. Sun, stand still so that your so that the the people of the living god can complete the task that they've been given and never before and never since has it ever happened but in the bible says those two heavenly bodies which really means the earth stop rotating y'all that's what it really means because the heavenly bodies didn't stop moving they don't move the the sun does not move it's the earth that rotates around the sun we know that but the point is Everything stayed still so they could get their slaughter on and finish what God told them to do. So if God was there like that for Joshua and he was there like that for David and he was in the lion's den and he's, he's been all over the Bible doing what he says he's going to do, then how can we look at results from YouTube or Facebook or Twitter and get down about it? I'm losing followers on Twitter. I'm down like three or four thousand now. I don't know why I still tweet. I don't tweet as often as I used to, but I still tweet. I don't know why I'm losing them. I don't, I'm don't. i not concerned because when it's time, if it's going to blow up, it will. If it never blows up, that's because it's not going to be the medium through which I do what I need to do. That's all. But I do know that when I get down on my knees and I pray to God, he hears me and he answers my prayers. And I know that when I have something negative happen, he works that out for my good. And when good things happen, that's for my joy. And I, I can and receive those without any hesitation or fear that it, of anything else that might come. And so looking forward to 2020, as believers, it is our job to keep praying for the result that we want, knowing that no matter what happens, God's going to work it out for our good. But until we see that, we have only to pray and keep praying, Right. So don't give up. Don't get, don't get discouraged. The stories that I'm sharing with you here are not for your discouragement. They're for your edification, meaning just your knowledge base. You increase your knowledge base. And then you know what to pray for. You know how to go forward. You know how to have these conversations with people in your sphere. When people, when, you, when you're when you informed and someone comes to you and says, ah, because Donald Trump said he was going to make the Mexicans build a wall. And he didn't do it. And you can be like, yeah, actually, through cooperation with the Mexican government and the amount of money they're spending on keeping people who are illegal entrants out of America, it may not be a physical wall, but they are paying for it because they're the ones who are keeping the people out on their side. What else you got? <laughs> okay, you don't have to say what else you got. Like if you're talking to someone and you say um, the first thing I said, and then you don't add in the what else you got. you In other words, you're not a smart aleck like I just was. That's probably good for you. It's probably you're probably gonna get blessed for not being smart, Alecy. So and I probably won't get blessed because I was smart, Alechie, but I didn't mean anything by it. Nothing hurtful anyway. <laughs> All right. So when we get back, we're gonna dive into um always sanitary pads. I know you guys are thinking, wow, what a show. We're gonna dive into always sanitary pads, removing a female symbol from their products because Men have periods too? We know they don't. We know they don't. But we'll talk about that. I'll explain why they're bowing down to the LGBT mob um, and other stuff. So, yeah. Oh, and I also want to point out um, that I need you to share the show. I need you to share the show on social media. Um, and I need you to be prepared for this Life LifeZat launch. It's going to be huge. And also, the web redesign that I have been talking about for months and months and months. And the reason I know now the reason it didn't happen before is because it wasn't meant to happen there. It was meant to happen with this new group that I'm joining that is affiliated with LifeSet, And so I'm so excited um, that I'm going to be affiliated with LifeSet and Ops Lens and Wayne Dupree and Carl Higby and so many others. Drew Berquist. Yeah, we're going to be friends. All right. I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Don't forget to support the show on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Stacey on the right. You can also PayPal us. It's paypal.me slash Stacey on the right. We appreciate you. When you give to the show, you're supporting, keeping us on the air here. And um, I'm hoping to have great success over at Life Set. I'm just, I'm telling you that right now. I'm so excited that they have brought me on. And the people over there are fantastic. Like, we're having so much fun Um, just doing just the beginning so we're at the beginning and we're just doing the start like this is the start of what we're doing and to have just it's just been nice to work with with them and you you guys know how much I've enjoyed working with Noah on keeping the show alive after um, you know the the end of our relationship over at the old place and it has been so fun Um, and so it's going to be fun doing this new thing with them I think they are on the right track with something special. Um, we're seeing a lot of changes in the national media landscape. And so there's just a perfect opening for us to come in with what we're doing and provide that content that people are looking for. So uh can't wait to do more of that. You can go to lifezet.com. I actually have a new op ed up over there about Warren Buffett that you can check out. Okay. So go there. Um I, I will post it on Facebook and then eventually I usually like to leave it at the original place for a couple days, then I post it over at stacy on the right.com and you can check it out there. Um in the chat room over at stacyontheright.com people were saying that they didn't see themselves cruising year round. I don't either. I haven't even been on a cruise yet, so I guess I'm not even in the target uh, market for this. But I will say that I could, and I've told my husband this, and I don't know what the Lord has for me, but I always, you know, I do like to like, hey, you know what I would love to do is blah. And one of the things that I'd love to do is to have a place in our favorite place on earth, which is the place where my husband and I actually met and got married. And that's the Fort Walton beach Destin area that we can have a place there or even a little further South than that to just be able to go there. Even if it was one of those ones where you only had it for four weeks a year or something like that. I'd love to have that. I really would. Um, so anyway, that's just like on the uh, wishing on a star or what have you. But right now we're in the, Hey, all of your kids are in tuition paying places now. So get to work. That's where we are right now. (laughs) And no complaining. Um, so you can find that at listen.staceyontheright.com, the cruise ship story. Now let's get to this transgender activist, Jessica Yaniv. She lost her Brazilian wax lawsuit in Canada. Now, first of all, um, yeah, I'm glad she lost. Is it okay for me to say I'm glad? Yeah, I'm glad. hmm Yeah. happy. Thank you. Thank you, people. You sound excited as well. Awesome. Yeah. No, it really is that good. It's that good that she lost. Yes. We should be happy. <laughs> Common sense in, in uh, Canada. Good. Good for us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so seriously, um, you remember this story because we covered it here on air. It was about Jessica Yaniv, a man living as a woman who still has the male bits and said that he wanted um, to have a woman do his Brazilian wax. Now, the woman might come to the place where he, you know, because so in Canada, Brazilian waxes happen in your own house. So here's the situation. I would call the service. The service would say, What time would you like and what service would you like? And I'd say, I want a Brazilian wax and I would like to have it this, let's say, Thursday at four o'clock. And they would say, okay, we have, you know, Angela can come and do that for you. She will be there at four o'clock and, you know, the service will take about an hour. Is there anything else you'd like to get? Maybe, you know, whatever else you want, wax your underarms or something or, you know, whatever else they do. And so I would schedule that person. And so the person would get the request, Angela would, she would see it in her little online database and it would say, "Stacy, you know, Stacy Washington, Brazilian wax, 4 p.m. And she would see by my name that I was a woman. Um, and then that would be it. So the women who are doing these services are taking their own safety into their own hands because they're not doing it at a place where there are other coworkers around. They're coming to your house by themselves. So, one of the criteria that these women have is that if they're going to do a wax, they need to know the the gender of the person. Some of them will do waxing on men. Others of them don't feel comfortable. They don't want to. And that's their right because it's a personal service. And I really I I've been there before. I think I shared it on air the time I went to there's been two times I've gone to get something done like a facial. Both of the times that I went to get the, that this happened, it was a facial. And the lady didn't want to do my face. She refused to serve me. So they went out of their way to give me a whole bunch of free stuff, which I never went by to pick up because I didn't want their free stuff. I wanted a facial and I didn't get one. And I didn't have to pay for it, obviously, but it was an embarrassing thing and it was a waste of my time. But it was her right to refuse to do it. Now, she didn't want to do it because I guess I'm a black person, but the point is she wasn't forced to do it. This is not similar because the face of a black person is not any different than the face of a white person for as far as a facial is concerned, you're still rubbing on the same stuff, wiping off, you know, put the hot towel on there, um, maybe massage the person's neck as they're laying there and you turn on the soft music while the whole thing is going on and you get paid in an, a an ridiculous amount of money for cleaning someone's face. But this Brazilian waxing is basically one person's nude from the waist down. The client It's very personal. And it's the reason why I've never had one done, because I think it is absolutely ludicrous to have this done. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. But if someone wants to do it, they should at least respect the person who's doing the service. Their right to say they want to do, a, you know, I don't want to do Brazilian waxes on men. I'm a woman. Other women don't mind. They'll come in. They'll wax anything. Just put it there. They'll wax it. So pick a woman who doesn't mind. So this guy, he says, I generally agree with the, the, the this is the, the judge, Devin Cousineau, a far left human, human rights lawyer. Actually, hold on. I want to make sure I'm telling you the right person who said this. The official minimized, so it's a Canadian official, not a judge, ruled against this man who lives as a woman. He says he minimized the damage to Canada's pro-transgender laws by suggesting that women may need to provide the sexually intimate service to male bodies if they've been trained for the task. Quote, human rights legislation does not require a service provider to wax a type of genitals they are not trained for and have not consented to wax. There are differences between waxing the genitals of a person with a vulva and a person with a penis and a scrotum. said the deciding official in the quasi judicial British Columbia human rights tribunals. See, this is the problem with human rights tribunals. They're not bound by any laws or or legislation or constitution. Thank God I'm not Canadian because I wouldn't be long after this. I'd be trying to get into America so hard. 61 page decision implies that women will have to provide the intimate service to men if the Canadian licensing board requires cosmeticians to learn how to do the service. He says, I agree generally with the transgender plaintiff that a person who customarily offers women the service of waxing their arms or legs cannot discriminate between cisgender and transgender women absent a bona fide reasonable justification. He then added, There is no material difference in a cake which is baked for a straight wedding one that is baked for a gay wedding, nor does baking a cake for a gay wedding require you to have intimate contact with the client. Taking another example, there's no material difference in renting a room to a gay couple or to a straight couple. Renting rooms out does not require intimate contact with the client. In contrast, in the context or case of genital waxing, I have found that there is a material difference in waxing different types of genitals and that because of this intimate nature, service providers must consent to provide the service on a particular type of genitals. What the law requires is that having chosen to provide a particular service, they must provide that service without discrimination. For example, a person who customarily waxes vulvas cannot discriminate against amongst their clients with vulvas and likewise for a person who customarily waxes scrotums. However, human rights legislation does not require a service provider to wax a type of genitals they're not trained for and have not consented to wax. Kusino repeatedly defended Yanev's claim that he is a woman and protected by pro-transgender legislation amid plentiful evidence to the existence of Yanev's testicles. And I'm sorry if they're like... I'm so sorry about this, but I'm just sharing what what this says here. Um, and we're using proper names here. So if you have kids in the car and they need explaining about what this is, I encourage you as parents not to hide from children the proper names of their bodies, not to use euphemisms for the, their body parts, and to talk about these types of issues with them on an appropriate age-based conversational level. Do not shield your children from talking about the proper names of body parts in context of their age and maturity level, okay? So, he goes on to even though the the this so-called woman has male parts, he says, I accept that Ms. Yanev is partly motivated by her desire to fight what she perceives as pervasive discrimination against transgender women in the beauty industry. In that sense, her motives do align with Code's purposes of eradicating discrimination and providing victims of discrimination with a means of redress. Further, if not for this application, I would likely have concluded that at least one of Ms. Yanov's complaints about arm and leg waxing was justified. Throughout the controversy, Yanov has insisted he is a woman, even to the point of claiming he suffers from period pains. Jessica Yanov, a man, with male bits tweets out bleh can't sleep these cramps are awful pms where did i put my midol he tweeted a picture of a cartoon uterus that is in a happy face cousineau exited, echoed the transgender ideology by repeatedly downplaying the biology-based cultural preferences between men and women for example she reduced them from cultural differences to crude biological distinction by describing a woman as a person with a vulva and a man as a person with a penis and scrotum. But Yanov engaged in bad faith and so undermined the political standing of Canada's pro-transgender policies, said Kousineau. Ms. Yanov's overriding purpose was to manufacture the conditions for human rights complaints against unsophisticated and vulnerable respondents in order to secure a financial settlement and punish individuals involved. In a majority of her cases, she also added the motivation of punishing racialized and immigrant women, who she stereotypes as hostile to the interests of the LGBTQ plus community. Far from advancing the cause of these people, Ms. Yanov's conduct would have condoned, threatened this tribunal's integrity and its mission to foster an equitable, tolerant, and respectful society. To protect the pro transgender law, Kusanoo ordered Yanov to pay a token penalty of $2,000 to each of the three plaintiffs, despite many months of trauma and stress for the three immigrant women. Wow. Ms. Yanov, this man, actually hurt these immigrant women. The official said he kept the penalties low out of sympathy for Yanov, even though he, this man dressing as a woman harassed the women. Wow. So I'm really, I'm sad for the immigrant women, but I think the devil is in the details here pay attention to what was said if you consent to be trained to wax male genitalia and consent to do so the training then you will be required to wax male genitalia so if you simply refuse to be trained then you will not have to do it people need to pay attention or you know Try something else. I just, I got scared by a little, like a, I think a little bug flew by, or maybe it's my imagination. Um, It's so disturbing that they're going to all of these lengths to try to protect someone who went out of their way to hurt people. People were hurt. These, these immigrant women were hurt. They didn't want to wax a man. And so they were hurt. And I just think it's wrong for, but again, What does it matter what you think or what is actually wrong? Because it doesn't even matter what I think, does it? It doesn't matter what I think or is wrong. What matters is what is right and wrong. We know what is right and wrong, regardless of my feelings or this transgendered person's feelings. What is right is to respect individuals' right to perform a service or not to perform it, even if you find their refusal offensive, which is why I gave the example before of the two people who refused to give me a facial, I don't think it was right. But it was their right to refuse. And I had no right to force them to do it. There you go. (laughs) I know that, you know, you know that day I was ticked off. I was mad. But that's what happened. These libs are into slavery, y'all. They want to enslave you and force you to come into contact with male genitalia to prove their point that men are women. Keep praying. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.